We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, friends. It's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. We're coming to you on Wednesday night. Following another Mavericks loss as they fall on the road to the Utah Jazz, one sixteen to one hundred four. Josh, what's going on? Uh, I'm doing okay. I feel a little deja vu uh, from last season. Uh, our own Matt just tweeted this, saying the lowness of this point in the Mavs season feels reminiscent of last season after losing to the Knicks twice. And I gotta say, I think mm. he. I think he nailed it on the head because after that second Knicks loss, I think they're at five, like they that put him to 500 and the creep started to doubt in a little bit or, or, or the doubt started to creep in a little bit. Oh God, I'm off to a great start. But uh, yeah, that, I mean, this isn't very much, this isn't very fun right now, Kirk. The Mavericks are not in a good way and there's a thousand reasons why we can list it. But at the end of the day, uh, this is not good basketball. Much like the Mavericks, I'm just going to mail it in. I just can't give a shit right now. (laughs) I'm just disgusted. It's one thing to get beat. It's another thing to get embarrassed. And the Mavericks had welcomed the return of Josh Richardson and Dorian Finney-Smith, who each promptly looked like crap. Which was expected. It was expected. Come on. They... Richardson tested positive for COVID. He we did. know that for sure. Dorian Finney-Smith did too. Dorian yeah. Finney-Smith did too. Yeah. I am not sure if there is an excuse for Dorian's threes looking like blind Sean Marion shots ricocheting off the rim at, at like a thousand miles an hour. 
I, I like watching him play was particularly just the whole lineup. Like the start, they got off to such a bad start. And the Jazz are not the Jazz are a team that's built to seize on weakness, but the Mavericks schemes tonight on offense and defense looked like I don't know, a high school playing a college on defense. They're running that that drop coverage shit with Porzingis, who I have a lot of feelings on Porzingis. I don't know if it's good for, good enough for me to get into him on the podcast. <laughs> but if if you're going to force Porzingis to play in space on a 17-foot pick and roll where his choice is, is to get hung out to dry, because that's what happened to him. He gets hung out to dry because the way that those screens operate off of, it, it doesn't matter. What's happening is is the the ball handler for the Jazz is being trailed by Mavericks guard X. Doesn't matter who it is. Porzingis then has to sort of pseudo step up and and you know basically take up space and make the ball handler make the decision. Well, it doesn't matter because Porzingis apparently can't guard either the pass or the shot in those positions. And so the Jazz just feasted. Rudy Gobert had open dunks because the rest of the Mavericks defense doesn't know how to rotate. Like watching Tim, Tim Hardaway is a riot on defense. That dude sucks so hard at every basic defensive concept. And so by the end of the first quarter, the game was over. The game was over. And and I hate using my nights like this. It's not fun. <laughs> I mean, thank God that there's a like a cable dispute because nobody can see the Mavericks be trash. <laughs> yeah, this was a rough one. Uh, I'm I'm with you on the uh, the defensive. I don't know game plan. Um, we've seen this a lot when the Mavericks are playing against an elite pick and roll team. Uh, I'll never forget uh, when the Mavericks were playing. I mean, this is a long time ago, but the the it, the scheme hasn't really changed that much. I, I don't think. I mean, I could be very wrong, but uh, you know, when the Mavericks played the Rockets in that playoff series, the Rondo playoff series, uh, and the Mavericks got absolutely torched in the pick and roll because they basically had Tyson and they had Dirk do what Kristaps did, uh, which is you know, it, it's 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 that drop coverage, but. It, He's not really guarding uh, the roller, and he's not guarding the ball handler, and he's just trying to, like you said, kind of take up space and maybe, maybe close off a passing lane. But when you're just kind of, he's just kind of standing there, and uh, the Mavericks ask their bigs to do this a lot. Uh, and there's a part of me that just is wants me to pull my hair out and be like, you know, just, just uh, blitz that pick and roll ball handler, even if you are giving up, you know, a four on three on the other end of the floor. Or just put your hip on Gobert's hip and don't let him get a dunk, and then maybe try to challenge. You know, and then try to challenge Conley if if he if he goes to the rim. But Conley probably Conley's such a smart player, he probably just yeah. pulls up for a mid ranger. So did. it's it's yeah. it's you know it's damned if you do, damned if you don't a little bit. But it feels like the Mavericks don't even, like when you play that type of coverage. It, you're letting the offense dictate the terms of the possession. Yeah. And to me, when you're doing that, you're it's almost like you're waving a white flag and you're hoping that they make a mistake instead of forcing the issue. Uh, and forcing the defense uh, into a bad play. Uh, and I hate that. I hate that passive type of defense. I understand the Mavericks have had to play it for a while because they didn't have no, they the horses. You know? No, no, they choose to. This is a this is not just a horses thing. Rob Mahoney explained this to me on a podcast last year where the Mavericks are essentially playing the percentages. 
The problem is the percentages get thrown out in a single game sample where you're getting roasted from three. The Jazz shot 16 of 41 from three, which is 41 or which is 39%. At the half, they were 10 of 20. So the, by that point, the game is toast. Yeah. And the Jazz are good. Like, this isn't a fluke. That's their thing. Like, yeah. That they're probably the best three point shooting team in the league right now. Uh, and by the way, Kirk, they did not have Donovan Mitchell. No, so that's it, really why I'm super mad because it's another <laughs> game. Matt Moore of, of, of the Action Network told me that all the money was on the Mavericks as a result of that Donovan Mitchell thing. Like, didn't really matter the spread. It was just all Mavericks, Mavericks, Mavericks. And then they came out and just laid that turd. And it's just shocking. And, I, you know, the rebounding continues to be a problem. And the rebounding is effort i just can't get past that it is effort where our starting centers let's just go through or you know the the center slash forward e type players you know james johnson led with seven uh porzingis had five which is pathetic in 32 minutes um dorian finney smith had four uh powell had three and then jalen brunson was uh second and on the team with five so um <laughs> You know, that's just not great. And and it's the second night in a row the Mavericks have gotten absolutely boarded off off the court. And and it's it's very, very frustrating. I, I just I don't you know, you're right. Uh, our guy Jordan um Berta said in the in our Slack that this is the first time that like Porzingis and Richardson have played together. And really he's right in the sense of if you look at the starting five that they had on the floor, that's first the time. starting five that they envision. Yep, and that's right. the first time they've played all season. So there's something to that. Um, but it horrifies me that it looked that bad. Yeah, it's. I think it's kind of the same thing with, remember that really bad Rockets loss where we all kind of knew that, that a loss was coming. Uh, but we were more, we weren't mad about the loss. We were just mad about how it looked and the way they lost. And I think that's a little bit tonight where, you know, those guys coming back in my head, I was like, you know, it's just thank goodness they're getting on the floor. I don't expect much from them. You know, they've been quarantined in hotels for, for at least two mm-hmm. weeks and only working out for, you know, a handful of days. COVID affects guys in different ways. You know, it's it, specific, it attacks the lungs. Like, you know, it's just you cannot you cannot safely say that these three guys, you know, these guys coming back, you cannot predict them just being who they were before they went out. Like, it's just, just not going to happen. It's not the world we live in right now. Uh, So knowing, and knowing that, knowing how good the jazz are in my head, I was like, you know, this might not be uh, a game that they're able to win. And, but then it's like the body language. Like there was just so many possessions where guys are just, hands on their knees. Uh, Luca in particular, even though he finished with a great game, you know, 30 points, six assists, four rebounds on 13 and 24 shooting. Uh, he had a lot of possessions where he looked like he wanted to be anywhere else, but that court um, just in terms of ball watching on defense or on the boards, you know, head, guys with their heads down uh, after plays, you know, watching the ball, you know, there was a possession, Uh, I can't, I think it was in the first half where the jazz got like three or four offensive rebounds while, you know, every Maverick is just pretty much watching Mm -hmm. uh, as the jazz just kept firing away and getting boards. And then they finally, I think got fouled and it's just that kind of stuff. Like, it's just, you know, they're obviously behind the eight ball right now with the way the season has played the cards for them. Like they, they've been dealt a crap hand 
But like you said, there's still some things that they can control a little bit. And the fact that it just looked like they were so disinterested at times during this game, like that's probably what makes us mad uh, more than just, you know, the pure numbers of it. You know, it's, it's just, you just wish that they could have showed a little something and they really, they didn't show anything. I don't think until the fourth quarter. And by then, you know, it's six minutes left and they're down by, you know, 15, 16, seven, like the game is like, you, you know, the game's over. So it, it's, it's, it's not as comfort, you know, maybe it's comforting in the sense maybe they can roll that into the next game, but who knows? Uh, but I think that's why I think that's why everyone was having a bad time watching it. It wasn't just losing. It's just the way they lost. Well, and, and they just they look like they don't have any heart. And, and, and this is probably the fourth loss this year where out of 16, 17 games where it feels like that they they are not that interested in playing. Apparently, they're not alone in that based off of some of the blowout stats that yeah. I've seen. But. It's it's just, but this is dating back to last season where we've observed a pattern where when things aren't going their way, they don't necessarily always rise to the occasion, and this happened during the regular season last year too. Yeah, yeah, so that's that's just, a shame. I'm really not entirely sure <laughs> what what to do with this because know. you know our Slack is tired of me hating on KP. Um, I. I he had a bad game. We can say it. You could say it a bad. If you don't want to go all the way into it, eighteen points and five rebounds. He had uh, a bad game. He had he had just such an ineffective game, and your second. And he's the key. I think that's what it's yes. another thing where it doubles down because this is a game where it's like, okay, well, if they could beat the Jazz with all the circumstances going on, they need Kristaps to be great. They need him to bring Gobert out of the paint. Like, you know, like th- I think that's what makes it especially disappointing because it was like he was the key to them pulling off an upset here and he just didn't show up. Yeah. For whatever and, reason. Well, I mean, there's some argument to be said that at the start of last year, his shot was all wrist and it was really painful to watch. And I, I 100% believe that. What I don't understand is why they keep going to the post ups for him. He sucks at posting up. The data exists. This is, it's not like, oh, we got to get him feeling comfortable. We really got to make him feel good about, about, and I will edit that out. What is the timestamp? About 10 minutes in. Um, We got to make him feel good about his shot selection. Well, you know, it's one thing if it's a a Dirk style, like, you know, uh, a nail jumper where he faces up and makes the defense choose. But instead, because he doesn't have good backside senses, it's always some side post up where he then dribbles in and does something ugly. And I apparently what the hope is, based if I'm understanding what our, our slack arguments are, is that we're hoping he gets and plays himself into a place like he was in February, where he it was j- February and March, where he was just out of this world last season, and and I I'm not going to hate on that because he was, but what he was doing then was so unsustainable. Nobody wants to talk about that. The man shot seventy percent on post ups after shooting in the thirties for most of the season. Like that, that am I where where am I just so off base about KP? I think the difference uh the difference in the post ups was I felt like uh in that February March run of last season it was less back to the basket dribble turnaround 
and more like you said catching at the elbow turning shooting face-up jumpers that kind of stuff uh and which i like i still like when he shoots those i even when he's not having a good game i'm still kind of okay with it because like he had like like even if it's not going for him it's like he has to make that like that has to be a shot he has to make in his career like he just has to like it's okay like it, it like i i get the the backing down like he doesn't need to be a back down take three dribbles turnovers left shoulder guy like i don't think that like that's not in his game it hasn't been in his game and i don't i don't think he needs that but when they run a pick and roll and then they switch and he's got a six five guy on him and he catches the ball at the elbow, turns, does a jab step and and shoots a face up jumper without dribbling, like I'm cool with that because eventually he has to make that, right? Like because if defenses are gonna switch, you can't just be like, Well, he's shooting, you know, thirty percent on post now, you know, it's just something he has to be good at. It's like it's not an option, you know. It's like it's kind of like we're watching Luca and we're like you know, eventually the three-point shot, he has to, you know, he has to be better at that if he's going to shoot him more. Like, we give him some leeway now because he's of everything he's doing. But it's like, man, if Luca is a, is a 23% three-point shooter in five years, like, that's not good. Like, it's just something, like, you can't be a perimeter player without, you know, being a better shooter. Like, you can't be – I don't think you can be a big on the floor right now in the NBA if uh, unless you're – you're a dominant like a Joel Embiid or like a Rudy Gobert in terms of a pick and roll monster. Like if if you're gonna play the type of game KP plays and stay on the floor and be a big, as these teams are running bigs off the off the floor and in record numbers, you know we've seen in the playoffs. Like he's got to be able to hit that shot. Like I think that's just something he has to be able to do. Um, and it's you know didn't work out tonight. And the ones that I think we can definitely say he needs to cut out are the ones where he's, you know, dribbling a lot and back to the basket, like that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I just think he needs to be able to hit that turnaround face up, you know, jab step uh, from the elbow. Like that's just got to be in his bag. Yeah. And and it's just so painful because it's really bizarre right now to feel like every single player that shot so well last year is going through a shooting regression. And the reality is all of them except sort of Hardaway, and I guess we can really kind of count Max even though he hasn't played in a while. The just the rest of the team is not showing up. And 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 when you loop all these things together, it exacerbates the KP problem to me because I I simply expect more out of him and I don't see it he's had he had three really good games and then they sat him for kind of you know knee resting reasons and then has come back and looked just awful and and i don't know what to make of that because the rebounding thing for him you know he's averaging 6.1 rebounds this year that's bad now yeah, that's way worse than last season too it's also a small sample uh yeah. in terms of what we're talking about but he looks like a guy concerned about his own health and that is not going to work with how with what they need from him. The Mavericks have to play better defense. He is at the start of that. And if he's not rebounding and not really doing much on the defensive end while also being inefficient, you know, two to three out of every five games, then Dallas just isn't going to be very good. Obviously, I, I, I hope and believe they turn that around. Uh, this stretch of game stinks. Denver Nuggets, Nuggets, Phoenix, Phoenix. We talked about it. 
but I just, I don't know what to do with myself because <laughs> effort is a effort is controllable. And when the Mavericks just look like a deflated balloon, you know, six minutes into the first quarter, what do you, what do they do? What do they do? No, they just, they, I don't know. They got to hope these guys get in shape. Uh, hope Maxi comes back next week and you just got to get these. It's like take, they got to take their medicine with getting Richardson, Finney Smith, and Powell back in shape. Like they just have the, these games are these games are gonna suck. Uh, and I don't know if there's anything they can really do to to unsuck them until these guys are back to where they were uh, before they went out. There may be some little things, you know, like maybe changing up some of the defensive stuff in the pick and roll. Like maybe they can change some of that. But uh, maybe you know, Chris stops got to start hitting some threes and maybe the more games he plays, maybe that, that, that helps a little bit. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, <laughs> you just kind of have to, these are, this is the roster you have. You just kind of have to keep going. It's, it's weird. Like I want to, it's been hard for me to write. Like I haven't written a ton about the team, like breaking down the game. Like I've written some columns and stuff, but like in terms of me, like busting out film and like doing gifts and, and stuff, I haven't done that a lot lately in the last week because it's like, I feel like it's, it's like, what's the, like, what's the point, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's when the answer to the question is hope guys get back and hope that they're healthy. It just, it just makes it tougher to talk about the team in the present because, because what else are they going to do? I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird, it's a weird season. It's an exceptionally weird season. And I just don't know how to talk about it sometimes. Uh, And they just got to find a way to pull themselves out of this muck. I don't know how they do it, but they just got to do it. I guess they're eight and 10. There's only so many games that they can lose now um, before we're like, Okay, like, like you know, like, you, like they just can't keep piling up losses. Like they just got to find a way to stem the tide, find a way to get to five hundred, get these guys back healthy, and then try to go on a run with all these home games coming up soon. Yeah, that's probably all we should really figure out and talk about. Um, thank you again for joining us this evening. It's uh, you know the the few who listen in our our post game or our our loss uh downloads are <laughs> less than victories and i don't blame anybody because who would want to like revisit this game um other than people like me who enjoy being mad um <laughs> all right it's been josh and kirk we'll be back with you late friday night uh early saturday morning to talk about this game thanks for uh hanging out with us we'll talk to you soon Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.